I just want to, I know I've, uh, this is sort of like a little bit behind that, but I would want to say welcome everybody. If you're new online today or new in the room, um, I'm Troy, I'm pastor here, and uh, as you might have already, already guessed, but if you are new in the room today, we are so glad that you are with us because we are finishing off today um, our series, uh, we're looking at perhaps the best known passage of scripture from anywhere in the Bible, and even if church is something that's new for you, or the Bible is something new for you, chances are you have heard this passage of scripture before it's from called psalm 23 and it is very very familiar words now we've been looking over this for the last few weeks and um, but today we're going to finish off with the last verse so this is how psalm 23 goes which many of us will be familiar with and as i said if you are new to church and things like that i'm sure that you'll still know these words probably anyway this is how psalm 23 goes it says the lord is my shepherd i lack nothing He makes me lie down in green pastures and he leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. And even though I walk through the darkest valley, I'll fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies and you anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. That's the first five verses. And now we come to the sixth and last verse that we're looking at today. It says, surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life and I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now, in case you haven't been part of the this, this series so far, you might want to go to our YouTube channel or, or go to podcast and listen to those messages because there's been some exceptional messages from people in the life of our church and looking at each of the verses of Psalm 23 so far. So please uh, catch up that if you'd like to. You'd be blessed if you do and help um, understand Psalm 23 a whole lot better. You know, um, when I was growing up, one of the great experiences that I had in my life is that I got to go to my uncle and aunt's place out at Hay in western New South Wales. Um, They had a huge uh, property out at Hay. They ran hundreds of thousands of sheep and... um, and each school holidays, one of the teenage family members got their opportunity to go out from the big smoke to go out to hay and go to the property there. And we'd be involved in, in shearing the sheep and we'd be going shooting rabbits and foxes and doing all the sort of stuff you do on the farm that you don't get to do in the big smoke. And one of the great things that we got to do was um, we'd get on motorbikes which was a lot of fun, you know, for, for a young teenage boy on a motorbike, look out, like we're, we're tearing up the property. But we are going out on, on, the, on the motorbikes and we're rounding up the sheep to bring them into the homestead to be able to shear them. It was so much fun, so much fun. Anybody tried to round up sheep before on horses or on motorbikes before? Anybody done that? Wayne's done that. A couple of people have. It's a whole lot of fun, but it's also really hard work trying to get the sheep to get them to go where you want them to be. Now, if you have done that, be a motorbike or a horse, doesn't it make you a little bit frustrated when you see the clips on YouTube of the sheepdogs? Of the sheepdogs that come out and then, and then the owner or the shepherd, by a whistle or by a shout or something like that, the dog knows exactly what to do to try and get all the sheeps to get them into a particular pen. You've ever seen that before? They look, it makes it look effortless. And the dogs seem to love it so much, but they just seem to just know what to do in getting behind the sheep and barking and all that sort of stuff to get the sheep to go into a particular pen pen they look at make it look so easy but what here's the interesting thing is 
because of what we may have seen on TV or been a part of on motorbikes or horses trying to round up sheep or seen what happens with sheepdogs, we Australians will naturally think that the way that you shepherd, the way that you round up sheep is from actually from behind them. That if you will scare them, if you'll make enough noise, if you get the dogs to bark, you'll ultimately get the sheep to move in the direction you ultimately want to be. So a lot of the time we think that you round up sheep, you wrangle sheep from behind, from behind them to ultimately get them to where they need to be. Now, we may need to do that because maybe in Australia our sheep are particularly stubborn and, and don't want to go where they are. So you need to do some of that motorbike stuff. You need to do some of that barking and shouting and all that stuff to get them to where they want to go. But the interesting thing is that with our Australian mindset about what it means to shepherd sheep, we often will forget about what, how traditionally shepherding has been done throughout the ages. Most of the time, shepherding has been done a very different way, the complete opposite way. And usually the way that shepherding has done is that the shepherd will go out and the sheep will then follow. The sheep will follow. The, the shepherd will shout and, and speak to the sheep and the sheep will follow and the sheep get to know the shepherd's voice. They will end up following him, following the shepherd because they learn to trust that the shepherd knows where to go, that the shepherd ultimately knows where the water and the food is and where the safety is. And so the sheep will then naturally follow the shepherd, the shepherd out front and the sheep following behind. Very different to the way that we in Australia will shepherd our sheep. So it's with that understanding of, of um, animal husbandry that Jesus says these incredibly profound words. Jesus says, The sheep listen to the voice of the shepherd. He calls his own sheep by name and he leads them out. When the shepherd walks ahead of them, they follow him because they know his voice. I am the good shepherd, Jesus says. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. So Jesus here is actually affirming that as the good shepherd, he leads the sheep out. Now, who are the sheep? The sheep are us, are people. Jesus is the good shepherd of people, not of actual literal sheep here, of people. So whenever Jesus talks about this sort of stuff, he's referring to people. Now, so as the good shepherd, Jesus doesn't spend his time trying to wrangle the sheep by coercing them, by threatening them, by scaring them to get them to where he wants them ultimately to go. That's not the way that you shepherd. Now, for many of us here today, and maybe some people online, for a lot of the time, you feel like that the way that God gets you to do what, you, what he wants you to do is by scaring you and by coercing you and by threatening you. Anyone heard a little bit of fire and brimstone preaching? That's all about bringing fear and threatening and coercing people into trying to do what God wants them to do. But that is not what the good shepherd does. Now, that may be that revelation about the good shepherd leading and not coercing or threatening or scaring the sheep to go where they need to go may be a complete new revelation for you because you have been living with the understanding for such a long time that God is simply trying to scare me into stuff. But that's not what the good shepherd does. 
The good shepherd leads, Jesus says. The good shepherd leads. And by speaking tenderly to the sheep, they know his voice. And then they will follow. That they will follow. That's very interesting. But ultimately, it confirms, Jesus says, I'm out front and the sheep then come behind me. Now, it might be really easy to get a bit confused about all this because what does verse 6 say of Psalm 23? Verse 6 says, part, part of it, the first part says, Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. Now, the NIV translation of the Bible of this talks about goodness and love. But the vast majority of English translations of this verse actually says goodness and mercy. Goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. So in other words, regardless of NIV or any other translation from there, it's saying that it is your goodness, it is your love, it is your mercy, shepherd, the writer says, which follows me. Does that seem a little bit weird? Shepherd is supposed to be out front. But now, what, the shepherd is now behind and seems to be now permanently behind us? That might seem a little bit confusing. Have you ever followed somebody around? You know, there's a whole lot of shows on TV that depict young children. And they depict the scene where we've got, got a, 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 a son or a daughter and they've got a brother or sister. And the show depicts the fact that, you know, this younger brother, this younger sister has got to follow the older one around. And the, and the younger one is there all the time. It's hanging around like a bad smell. Like he's there all the time. And the older sibling gets all resentful for the fact that this younger one is following him around all the time. Now, did you have that experience where you had a younger brother or a younger sister follow you around all the time? How resentful did you feel about that? about this is always someone following me around all the time. Will you just leave me alone? I want to go and do my own stuff. Leave me alone. Don't follow me around. Anyone can relate to that? You're the young young following around, Sally. (laughs) So, So there's that scenario that I think that some of us can relate to. Well, how about this one? Ever got a little bit paranoid? Got a little bit skeptical about somebody? And decided, you know what I've got to do? I've got to follow them around. I've got to follow them around to see what they, where they go, to see what they do. I hear a good pair of night vision goggles is really helpful in the surveillance of that. Anyone got a night pair, of, pair of night vision goggles? Not so much? Oh, man, it makes a whole, things a whole lot easier to do with that type of secret agent sort of stuff on the person you're trying to follow around. I hear these days that GPS locators make that a whole lot easier these days. You get a little bit of an Apple Air tag and you plop it in somebody's handbag, stick it in their pocket, and you can watch their location from the convenience of your phone. Oh, that's where they're going. That's where they'd be. Now, there's a name for that, people. It's called stalking, and it's a crime. (laughs) So don't be doing that. But in both of these cases, we're talking about a negative connotation to things being followed around. You've got your younger sibling following around like a bad smell. And then you've got this other surveillance sort of stuff where you want to be all secret. And you don't want the other person to know that you're following them around. You're trying to hold back so they don't know that you're there. So what does it mean then when it comes to verse 6? And it says, surely your goodness and mercy will follow me. 
See, the way this is put makes you think that being followed is actually a good thing and is not something that you're unaware of, like as if the shepherd's love and mercy is gone all secret agent and he doesn't want you to know that he's there. That's not what the writer conveys. The writer conveys the fact that, that he knows that this, the shepherd's love and mercy is there. He welcomes it. He's so thankful that the shepherd's love and mercy is following him around. But again, does this all seem a little bit strange? Because after all, the shepherd is supposed to be leading. But now by the end of the psalm, he's now following. Seem a little bit weird? See, there's something really important here to realise. The shepherd is out leading the way, as traditional shepherds do. Jesus is saying, I am out leading the way. But what happens if we wander off the path? Ever found yourself in a place where you go, oh my goodness, I feel so far away from God right now. And I don't really know, even know how I got here. How did I get so far away from God? I... I just don't know. I just feel so far away now. I've sort of just wandered away. I wonder how many people during COVID got to a point where they just wandered away from God. COVID provided the perfect opportunity to wander away from God. Or maybe for some of us, we've realised, you know what? I'm going to deliberately walk away. I'm going to walk away from the path because I don't want to go the shepherd's way anymore. I want to go my way. I don't want to do the shepherd's things anymore. I want to do my own things. And so we have intentionally said, I'm going to throw it all in. I'm going to do my own stuff. Regardless of how we may have got there, the realisation may come the fact that we have wandered away from the shepherd, that we are now far away from the shepherd altogether that we're not as close as what we once were. See, although the shepherd is out front leading, leading the way forward, leading us to where he ultimately wants his people to be, there's great encouragement and hope from this verse 6 of Psalm 23. Because it says, at the same time, as Jesus is leading... So his mercy and his goodness is still behind us. So what does it say? What does all that mean? It means that even if you find yourself wandering away, whether or not something you've just, life has just drifted you away or whether or not you've made an intentional decision to wander off, It ultimately means that God's love and his forgiveness and mercy is still there no matter where you may go. Even if you have wandered away from the shepherd, his forgiveness is extended to you for why and how you've wandered away from the shepherd. It is there all the time following you, following you. In fact, the really interesting thing is the original Hebrew language of this word follow, it actually better describes the action of pursuing, not merely following, but pursuing. 
this love and this mercy and this goodness of the shepherd actually pursues us when we are far away, when we've wandered off, when we've chosen to do our own thing. Such is the nature of the shepherd. So what that means is, from what Psalm uh, verse 6 here says, that it doesn't matter how far that you may go, no matter how far you are away, no matter how low that you may go, the shepherd's goodness and mercy is still there with you, behind you, following you, no matter how far, no matter how low that you may go, the shepherd is still there. His love and mercy for you is just there. Now, when this was written, this was about a thousand years before Jesus came on the scene, a thousand years before Jesus' apostles came on the scene. But interestingly, the apostle Paul picks up this reality about the shepherd's love and goodness and mercy following us. This is the way the apostle Paul refers to this. He says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? For I am convinced, he says, that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord, the Good Shepherd. In other words, what Paul's saying, that the shepherd, God's love and mercy and goodness for you will keep on following you. Will keep on following you. Nothing's going to separate you from the love of the shepherd to you at all. And this actually talks about the, an aspect of God being our rear guard. Being from behind us, if you may know, if you know the, what the, uh, the prophet Isaiah talks about, he talks about God being our rear guard, being behind us. And that's a part of that, being his forgiveness and his mercy and goodness, being behind us, being our rear guard. But Psalm 23 affirms a reality that Paul would talk about a thousand years later, about the reality that the shepherd's forgiveness and goodness follows you. How exciting is that? Which then leads us to the final part of the verse and the whole psalm itself. It says, because of your goodness, because of your mercy, shepherd, I'm going to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now, there's a lot of thinking about what the house of the Lord is here. And uh, there's, a little, you know, there's a little bit of thought about that because when you think about the house of the Lord, what that is supposed to be, then that can help date when the psalm was actually written. Some people think that, you know, oh, David's talking about the temple in Jerusalem, but the reality is that the temple in Jerusalem hadn't been built yet when, when David was around. So there's a little bit of uncertainty about exactly when this psalm was written and in light of what it's meant by the house of the Lord. But the easiest way to think about this is, is simply this. The house of the Lord is basically referring to anywhere God is, not some geographical place. And the important thing here is about the dwelling. It is the living with. You know when you dwell with someone, it's about living with them. It's about the day-to-day living with them. So he's talking about living with God every single day. No matter where God is, you're going to dwell with him. You're going to live with him. No matter where you are, you're going to live with God. You're going to dwell with God, with the shepherds. That's what he's talking about. But then 
there's that one word in there that changes things as well, and that is the forever word. The forever word. The forever word here takes things from beyond our simply everyday life today to actually start talking about an eternal concept. It's trying to talk about something beyond this life to something much greater and for eternity. It is for the here and now, but it is also for the future. Now, the Apostle Paul actually picks up on this theme, this notion about what the shepherd actually does and that is actually beyond simply the here and the now. In a passage of scripture that some of us may have never read before, the Apostle Paul talks about the transition from these days that we now live to our eternal days. He talks about the transition from this life to the next life. And the Apostle Paul puts it this way. He says this in Thessalonians. He says, After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them, them being those who have also passed, who have faith in Jesus. We're going to be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Anybody read this before? Is this strange new things? Thessalonians is an incredible letter. He says we're going to be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord for what? Forever. And we'll be living, we'll be with the Lord forever. This is an often overlooked verse where it's talking about what happens next in our transition from this life to our eternal life. And so to finish this whole series off, when you combine the words of Psalm 23 and when you combine it with the reality of what Paul talks about in the transition from these days to our eternal days, when you can take these two concepts and you combine it with the skill of legendary Australian songwriter Paul Kelly, the result is remarkable. The result confirms the ancient, the present and the future nature of the shepherd, who he is and who we are as the ones who he cares for, loves and leads. This is the result. I 
of the air. Come and meet me in the middle of the air. Through the lonesome valley, my rod and stuff you'll bear. Fear not death's dark shadow. I will meet you in the middle of the air. Come and meet me in the middle of the air. With oil shall I anoint you. A table shall I prepare. Come and meet me in the middle of the air. I will meet you in the middle of the air. In my house, you'll dwell forever. You shall not want for care. Surely goodness and mercy will follow. Come and meet me in the middle of the air. I will meet you in the middle of the air. Come and meet me in the middle of the air. I will meet you in the middle of the I first became aware of that song watching the In Memoriam segment of the Logies, of all things, back in 2011. And I thought, what an incredible song that reflects the nature of, of the reality of transitioning from this life to the next as a result of being under the shepherd's care. Now, just so I'm, we're aware there, I've called dibs on that song for my funeral, okay? <laughs> I've called dibs on it. Now, there's been a lot of attempts to put Psalm 23 to music, but that is by far the best, in my opinion, anyway. You know, although written a thousand years ago, before, a thousand years before Jesus, the psalm tells us so much about the good shepherd Jesus. The psalm tells us and points us to Jesus, and Jesus fulfills every aspect of this psalm in abundance. So do you know the shepherd here today? Are you being led by the shepherd? Do you realise that with the shepherd, with Jesus in your life, you actually lack nothing? Do you want to know where the shepherd is leading you and why? Are you facing dark valleys where you need more than simply a companion? You need a guide to help you through them. Do you need to see how much God is helping you, how much your cup is actually overflowing? Rather than thinking that you have nothing, that you have no blessing in your life, 
because of all the struggle that you've been going through, all the difficulty, you feel like you've got nothing. But do you need to actually see how much your cup is overflowing with the blessing of the Saviour and Shepherd? Do you need to accept today that you have wandered away from the Shepherd? And that you realise you need to come back to him. See, this is who the shepherd is. And I'm sure that every single one of us here this morning, every single one of us online, will be able to relate to one particular part of the psalm for where we are today. Maybe what we need to do is come to the shepherd today to express exactly where we are right now. Like maybe we need to express gratitude for how good life is. Many of us at the moment, life is great. So have you expressed gratitude for the way the shepherd has led you to green pastures, led you beside quiet waters? Maybe where you are right now, it is requesting that the shepherd shows you the right way forward. Maybe it's asking for the shepherd's help for us not to be afraid when what is before us is scary as all get out. Maybe it's recognising I'm far away from the shepherd right now and I need to come back. Maybe for us today, it's saying I need the shepherd in my life for the very first time. I want Jesus to be my good shepherd. Every single one of us, I'm sure, can relate to a different part of the psalm. What is that for you today? What I want to do now is just pray for each of us for our response to the shepherd. And I believe and I want to to pray that all of us do respond to the shepherd in this moment right now. Our responses may be different. Our heart cries may be different. But let us all respond to the shepherd today because he is the good shepherd. Jesus is the good shepherd. Rejoin me in prayer. Lord God, I give you thanks and praise for the opportunity to have a look through this most beloved passage of Scripture. But we know that this passage of Scripture is not merely for funerals. It is for living each and every day, in the reality that Jesus is the good shepherd. And I pray, Lord God, for everybody listening to my voice now that we may respond to the shepherd in, in, in our particular way where we are right now. For those, Lord God, who feel like life is good, we give you thanks and praise. Lord, for those of us, Lord, who recognise that we are in a state of confusion, we're not sure about what to do next, we ask that you guide us in the right way that we are to go. Lord, I know there are some of us uh, amongst us today, Lord God, who is what is before them right now is really scary. They're unsure about health issues. They're unsure about family issues. They're unsure about job issues. And Lord God, there's dark times. Lord, there's dark issues when it comes to marriage and other family relationships, Lord God. I want to believe, Lord God, that you are going to provide us not merely companionship but the way through these dark, difficult season that we're in. Guide us, good shepherd, through those. Lord, I want to believe, Lord God, that for those of us today 
may have an appreciation of how much that we in you we have everything that we need, that we lack nothing, and so that our cup actually overflows with your blessing. Help us not to be merely glass half full, glass half empty people. Let us be people where our cup, we recognise our cup is overflowing because of the blessings of Jesus Christ. Lord, there may be some of us here today we recognise right now that we have wandered away from you. And the movement of the Spirit amongst us right now is calling our heart back and you're speaking tenderly to us. Not to coerce us back to you, but you speak lovingly to us to say, come back to the shepherd. Come back to the shepherd. Because of your love and mercy and your goodness continues to follow us, you continue to tenderly lead us. Help us, Lord God, to come back to the shepherd. Maybe there's somebody right here in this moment who recognises right now, I've got to bring my life under the leadership, the lordship of the shepherd, of, under the leadership and lordship of Jesus Christ. If that's you today, God smiles. God's got open arms. God welcomes God says, I love you. Jesus shows how much he loves us by dying on the cross for the forgiveness of our sins. And he rose again from the grave to show that he is in fact God. Always has been, always will be. And that you can put, you can trust your entire life to the good shepherd. If that's you today, thank you for making that decision to wanting to follow Jesus. Lord, this psalm applies to all of us. And I pray, Lord God, that we may be able to see that. And may we, as your sheep of your pastures, may we follow you with greater devotion, greater levels of trust, greater levels of praise and thanksgiving. Lord, I want to pray that every single one of us may do that today. And for the rest of our days, until we're met in the middle of the air, when we transition from this life to the next. Lord, I give you thanks and praise. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.